0: Welcome to the Lifelinks Podcast, all you sassy Latinas. This is where you come to hear stories that resonate with you, help you discover your true cultural identity, tossing off the need to fit in, and standing out with your authenticity, because that is your superpower. I'm your host, Consuelo Crosby, and also the creator of this content. If there's anything you'd like to share, Please reach out to us on our Instagram social media at lifelinks, that's ln or through our website at thelinks.com. Of course, come here for some love and chat sessions with our fab guests from the comunidad. Sit back, have your cafecito, maybe some vino, whatever you like. We are bringing the sisterhood to you. Hola chicas! love having you here in our community learning and sharing latina experiences here in the us adoring the dna that is pulsing within us and shared across our commonality i can't believe we are wrapping up may with this episode and wow just like promise the guests have been so inspirational and compassionate that i feel so ready to hit summer up in happiness and a bit lighter from any burdens that were holding me back. All thanks to Karina Ponce. I hope you had a moment to really let what she was sharing with us sink in. Both healing ourselves, going back to our inner child, and actually being the nexus for past generations to heal is really just mind-blowing. And now that you've done a little bit of the hard work, And you've brought out your inner child a little bit more forward and she's happy and joyful and wanting that same childhood experience. What better time to have our guest today? Because she will have you laughing and inspired and craving, yep, ice cream. Stephanie De La Cruz is founder of De La Creamery Ice Cream, creating small batches from scratch here in Oakland, inspired by her Mexican heritage cafe de Oya, elote, and her very first, horchata. There's nothing she won't try, and we're not just talking ice cream. Stephanie loves collaborating with the community food professionals to create an entirely new experience for all.
1: Welcome to the Lifelings podcast, Stephanie. Oh, Consuelo, I'm so excited to be on your show, and it's an honor to be among the group of folks that
0: you They are really fun. The Latinos we have had on are really fun and we start talking for hours. It's just such a simple conversation to have because their stories are amazing, as is yours. So why don't we just dive right in because I know I'm excited to also get to your entrepreneurial journey of ice cream making in the traditional flavors of Mexico. But first, Let's find that cultural heritage story of yours.
1: Yeah, so I was born in Southern California, um, in Los Angeles County, as were my parents. We are multi-generation in the country, so we grew up in deep Chicano culture. That's really how I identify is Chicana, Mexican-American, and it's a very passionate bond between being Mexicano and being American. And then I moved to the Bay Area in 2014. So
0: moved away from the family. That must have been something for you because it's a lot
1: different in the Bay Area than it is in LA. I grew up in a very large family. My parents are one of five siblings, both of them. And I am also one of five siblings. Yeah, I'm the baby of my family. And with that comes a little bit of rule breaking, I would say. (laughs) So I moved. And when I did, my family was incredibly proud of me. But I still get calls almost (laughs) every week. We wish you were here. What are you doing? (laughs) What's in your fridge? When are you moving home? My mom is just kind of like, so you're done, right? Like, your vacation's (laughs) over. (laughs) It's really hard moving away from from my family. We're very traditional in the fact that we are all so close my sisters, my cousins, those are my best friends. So then,
0: did you come up to the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area? Did you come up for a certain purpose or were you just drawn in a wanderlust? You want to try something new? What was it like?
1: I knew I was always going to move to San Francisco specifically. It was like my teenage dream, we'll say. I wanted to go to college up here. And I said that I was going to move up here to work for the Giants. I'm a huge sports fan. So, Oh, that's going to rattle
0: L.A. family tremendously. Come on. (laughs) So
1: my dad grew up a Giants fan. And I think a huge part of that is because, yeah, so we would take vacations up to San Francisco to see the Giants. So I've always had this (laughs) inner like rebellion part of Uh, that. And so we would vacation a lot. My dad loves to drive. So we would often take road trips to San Francisco. And I fell in love with the city and I said I was going to move here. So I decided that I wanted to work for the Giants. And I studied in broadcast communications for my degree when I came up here as a state. Wow. Because I wanted wow. to be in sports broadcasting.
0: I love that. That's so brilliant. And yeah, you are a total rule breaker. <laughs> that is so unique. I can't believe that. Yeah, I wouldn't have even asked that question. I was like, wow. Yeah. So did you go after it or did you come through the other side and go,
1: okay, wow. Not so sure, so I started working in production, and I worked in radio for a few years. I worked at Giant Stadium. I started working in retail there, and that was like the coolest day for me is when I could tell my family, like, you know, they signed my checks, like it was like it was for it was real, like, yeah, did yeah, <laughs> so I started working in live entertainment, doing concerts, and I've always had a very big passion for live music, so With that, Mm -hmm. I started getting more into live music. And honestly, it was just like, I I was just so fascinated with that. But the truth is why Della Creamery started to evolve before I knew it was, it was just a lot of really late night. It was late nights of really tough work. It was rough. I mean, I'm very lucky that I did it when I was really young but Mm -hmm. I already knew like this isn't really sustainable forever so Mm -hmm. kudos Mm -hmm. to the people who um who are still out there running events still do it
0: I am so impressed by this you're right audio production you don't even think about you kind of take it for granted yeah it's honestly
1: that's the other thing is it's A seriously male dominated industry. It is. I was going to ask. Yeah. It's honestly, it's detrimental. Like I was really young when I started and being young, being Latina, um, being a woman in that field, it's really hard to navigate through. And it's even just funny stuff. Like the equipment isn't made for anyone who's like under 511, just like the arm width that you need to like, carry stuff it's oh no kidding yeah it's really really tough like all these models are really made for specific people to do the jobs and Mm -hmm. it was there was a lot of weird barriers that you don't even think about and you know at some point I'm happy to run my mouth and tell a man to get back (laughs) in his place any day but uh every day every day is you know Right. We don't want to do that's that anymore. It's going to break day. you down.
0: No, it breaks you down. And you shouldn't have to. Right, right. That's, that's when you know the environment's like, you're going to waste all your good, valuable, intelligent energy that way?
1: No. Yeah. Mm-mm. I knew that I had more to aspire to. Why is my energy going towards this? And I mm-hmm. knew that I had a lot more uh, nourishment to give versus just checking people all the time. It gets old.
0: What was the catalyst going from something that is, you know, somewhat scientific and it's engineering and you're dealing in an all-male society and you're doing big events. And what was the catalyst that brought you to ice
1: cream and the founding of De La Creamery? Yes. So I've always loved ice cream. And this kind of goes back to a few stories that I've told is that um, growing up, my dad would pick me up after school and he would take us to get ice cream and then we would go play at the park for hours like that that was our time with dad and then my mom on her evenings off we would make ice cream sundaes banana splits or cones at home so ice cream has always been a very family oriented activity for me And then I moved up to the Bay Area, and the Bay Area has so many amazing, popular ice cream spots. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, I lived with a roommate who also grew up loving ice cream that way. So me and her would go on a lot of like dates after work and (laughs) meet up and, hey, let's go try this place together. And a funny story is that I used to work at the Palace Hotel in downtown San Francisco, which wow. has a gear deli built into it. And mm-hmm. all day long, they're making waffle cones and you can smell it through the <laughs> hotel. So, me and my coworker, <laughs> we used to call it Sundays on a Sunday. And we would go on our lunch or sometimes our 15 minute break and we would <laughs> split a Sunday together and eat ice cream, like just Aww. for that period of time. So, in 2019, me and my partner have been together for, at that point, like six years. We kind of get to the point at a certain time in a relationship, you don't know what to get each other anymore. He got me a ice cream machine for Christmas. And I remember like asking him, like, I'm kind of confused. Oh. Like, I didn't ask for this. Like, what did you yeah. would you get this for me for? And he was yeah. like, Stephanie, you know that you love ice cream. It's basically an appendage of you anyway, so you might as well have
0: automatic source for it. Exactly. So um, <laughs> I
1: started making ice cream and I was so pumped the first time we made it. But for anyone who's never made ice cream or custard before, it's very sensitive, mm-hmm. sensitive to temperature. So you can overcook it really easily, but you have to cook it to a certain temperature to cook your ingredients, melt the sugars and cook the eggs. So my second oldest sister is a chef. And one of her favorite things to do has always been making ice cream. So I called her and I said, I need you to walk me through how to make my first batch of ice cream. (laughs) And she did. She walked me through. It was like a 911 call and it was so helpful. And she just told me like, it's going to be fine. So I made my first batch of vanilla bean ice cream and Mm. I didn't even let it like harden in the freezer. I just, I couldn't help it. I had to try it was just so good. Like, I remember thinking this is the best thing I've ever had. From there, I started making just American classics. I started buying ice cream cookbooks and learning different things. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until June of 2020. I'm sitting there and we're in the middle of the pandemic. I don't have much going on like most people. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I really want to make horchata the ice cream. Like, how <laughs> Like how do you make horchata the ice cream? So I thought back to how to make horchata, and I kind of started there. The story that I have to go along with it, and this is very dear to my heart. Growing up, I was surrounded by so many strong Latina mothers, uh, Mexicana moms growing up who I spent a lot of time with the families. They were close friends of mine. And so one day I was at my friend Yvonne's house, and... She was getting ready, and her mom was in the kitchen, and I asked, like, what are you making? And she told me she was making horchata, and I asked her if she could teach me how to make it because no one in my family had ever made horchata. I never knew how to do that. I love it, but I do know that there's good and bad horchata. Like, everyone knows that. (laughs) You can go to a place, and sometimes it's great, and sometimes it's awful. Um, Right. So I went into the kitchen, and she showed me how to make horchata, and she told me a few small secrets of hers, Mm. time-wise how to do this how to do that and from that day i just remembered exactly what she showed me and fast forward that's about like probably 10 years ago so fast forward to this day in june that i'm like i want to make orjata ice cream i used what she showed me and did multiple trials trying to figure out how to turn this into ice cream and for a really long time i had really awful really awful orjata ice cream (laughs) and uh, (laughs) it took a lot about I think four or five months before I had something that was really good
0: wow wow so you were determined to nail down this orjata ice cream yeah
1: I had to because I because then I started thinking that I've never had that anywhere and Mm -hmm. now that I've looked I've seen it a few places Mm -hmm. but it's never as good and also, um, it, it's never made by a Latina. Like, it never is. It means a lot to me to have made something really great. And just this weekend and multiple times, you know, someone will mm-hmm. come up to me and they'll tell me, like, this is the best I've had. And, you know, someone was like, you got it, chica. Like, keep going. Oh, uh, Yes. Yeah. So there's that
0: encouragement. There's that fuel to not give up and just keep going after what you envision even though there's no model for you there's no mentor
1: except just your life experience which is so valuable i said that i'm able to kind of be a rule breaker but my mom is like the most badass woman you'll ever meet my (laughs) mom is like there's nothing she can't do so i think of her and how she has dealt with her own life and her own issues Mm -hmm. and I just see those parts of her in me and Mm. I feel like I'm unstoppable with that woman being my mother. There's nothing I can't do.
0: Oh, beautiful. Oh, tribute, honor, respect. Beautiful. Yeah, definitely. Maybe she's your lifeline. That's just where you get that ambition. You get that fire and you probably, can I say that you have no fear
1: I don't know. Like, yeah, I do, but also I, like, I just feel that empowerment from the determination that has just been like born into me that I, Mm -hmm. I get scared. I think temporarily, but I ultimately come back to what do I have to lose? And I've grown to accept that everyone makes mistakes. But the important part is how to overcome them and grow from that and learn from that. Did you ever
0: feel that struggle? You know, I can't explain it, but I just have to do it. And it kind of flies in the face of maybe what you are experiencing as a young person. Did that ever come up for
1: you? Yeah. And I think that a lot of people have told me now, especially with my business, that like my ancestors are guiding me through this Mm -hmm. experience and that, mm-hmm. that really does come back to how you're saying that I feel like a lot of our culture does get Americanized or kind of lost if we let it be lost. I feel like with Della Creamery in my life, I found a way back to that in a lot of ways that it may have been blurred or purposely blocked out or, you know, there's so many reasons why our culture gets cut away as we develop a life in America and I feel like Dela Creamery has brought me just so much closer to my family as a whole but also family members who I didn't have relationships with before. I feel that I feel that there's a line for me back to who we mm-hmm. are and where we came from. Mhm. Yeah, that disruption, that
0: tear from the culture but your DNA does not know that you're not in Mexico with your ancestors. Right? It's your brain, and your brain's trying to struggle that. But as mending that disruption, mending that tear,
1: it's just so soulful.: It feels it feels really nice. Growing yeah. up, We were always told to be... Well, I guess we weren't specifically told, but I feel like my parents were told to be American. You know, mm-hmm. be more American to fit in. Mm. And then my parents raised us enjoying American culture, but also still Mexican within our home. When I think of like, especially the food we ate, we just ate a lot of Mexican food almost all the time. Uh-huh. When I think of that, it's, it's just that balance of being able to do both to fit mm-hmm. in, but then also to, to keep our identity known and felt within mm-hmm. our presence you
0: know yeah yeah and value to the parents and love of the culture and love of family family runs so deep for you oh, yeah. um yeah so okay so who was the ultimate judge was it within the family was it your friends on the Orchata recipe who said yes this is good to go i agree with you
1: Okay, so my partner, we lived together. So Craig was the person that had to try every batch, even the worst (laughs) batches. And he was he was very good at telling me, this isn't it, try again. Mm -hmm. And then when I finally thought it was good, my parents had said that they were going to drive to come visit me. And I sent out a text to, I think, eight people. And I said, okay, I'm sampling... Two flavors, because at this point I, I had got or shot down. And then the next flavor was I'd made a Mexican chocolate, an abolita flavor, which is so nostalgic for me. And yeah. the perfect pairing, you know, like those two together is still my favorite uh pair.
0: You have these two flavors, but that is a long way away from deciding to found a business, even with someone as fearless as you who just is gonna go gangbusters. When did you say, you know what, I'm going to take this into a business. As
1: soon as the pandemic hit, they were like, you guys are out, you know, I was staying home and I was just like, okay, well, I think that I really have something. This is really great. I had told myself that this might be the only time in my life that I could do a big jump into something different, something that's serving me. And other people within our community. And that's always the biggest part of life is we don't have the time to do what we want. So I thought this is a gift and I need to use that to my advantage because I probably won't have that again. So I told myself, now's the time. If you want to try this, you can always quit. But you won't always get a second chance.
0: That's making me cry. <laughs> Seriously. Oh,
1: <wow. laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: That speaks a lot to, I think, so many Latinos, so many women, you feel that way so often and you either can come through maybe with regret for not trying or wondering if you could have. That's a really powerful sentiment to send out to everyone. You know, and I, I think a lot about
1: my parents and the things that, they weren't able to do because they chose to provide for their families and I think about all the things they could have done if they had had the time the resources the Mm -hmm. ability and I just thought that I'm I'm very very lucky and privileged to to have this opportunity in front of me and if I don't do it now then I'm never going to Wow.
0: But you recognized it too. You recognized that sentiment right away and then fueled your going forward.
1: Oh yeah. And this is something that me and my partner talked a lot about too, is as a partnership together Mm and our lives together, what does that mean? And when is the time to say, okay, this isn't working and having that honesty. And also though, I should be very clear that my partner has pushed me throughout this journey because he believes in this too. And he oh, has very much told wow. me that, no, you you have something. And you know, mm-hmm. it was parts of me that I didn't know that I had, but he saw it. And he said, you know, I, you should keep going because you have this. Uh-huh. And I believe in you and I see it and you just need to do it. Uh, my life is completely different from who I was like, three years ago when I started my business. Yeah, it's interesting that most people I meet today don't know who I used to be just a short three years ago. Most people don't know that I, I studied audio engineering, that, I'm, you know, that I had these ambitions mm-hmm. and goals and mm-hmm. I decided that I didn't want that anymore. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that was really hard to tell my, my parents specifically that I was making this jump because I had reached the point of my job, a level of success that was their goal, really. That was their Mm -hmm. dream. I was getting a salary job. I would make commission. Mm -hmm. I was able to provide for myself. And I had a 401k. I had health insurance. You know, I had all of these things that are, that are huge for, for us. As humans, and you know, being in this Mm -hmm. country that only allows you to get that certain ways. And I had told them that I was not going to go back to that.
0: First of all, congratulations because that is bold. That is big belief. And Craig, shout out to Craig. What amazing support for you. Wow, that is difficult to find outside. Like for so many people, can't find that kind of support in a professional setting. Did that emotional concern for how your parents felt about it, did that enter into your decision making? And did it make you hesitate
1: at all? You know, I knew that they weren't going to be on board with that decision. They're so proud Mm -hmm. of the life I built for myself. They didn't have to worry about me. And Mm -hmm. in a sense, all we want to do is bring comfort to our parents we want mm-hmm. to honor them we We don't want them to worry about us more than they already do in the Latino culture. The worry <laughs> is like extreme and constant, and, <laughs> especially for the girls yeah, constant uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and i you know all that I <laughs> wanted to do was make my parents happy in a lot of ways, and I still do um mm-hmm. but I knew that in my job i could I could work there for the next forty years you know. Oh my God. things would be the same. Things would be the same. I would go up in the ranks, but I knew like, you know, right. it wasn't really for me. And mm-hmm. it was just the time had finally come for me to get that freedom that I had honestly been trying to get for so long.
0: This is very powerful, I think, for a lot of Latinos to hear. I think this is also part of the DNA. You see something that is a problem and you know how to fix it like the ideas come up constantly right constantly because i think so much of the system isn't built around us isn't built for us so we see the need all the time and it's like oh i could do that we could start a company to do that so to have people hear that in a matter of just three years you went from audio engineer production to fully embedded quitting your full-time job How much has this grown? It sounds like once you decided that was like gasoline on the fire.
1: I'm naturally a creative person. I'm naturally curious. I mean, these things kind of just Mm -hmm. come to me. And, you know, a lot of it is just representative of our cuisine and our culture and Mm -hmm. what served at Restaurants already popular stuff like the pepino lime sorbet that I make. Um, Ooh! That a cucumber lime agua oh, well, fresca. Like, yeah, we eat that, mm-hmm. we drink that. And one day, I just had a bunch of cucumbers, and I thought, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn this into a flavor." And it's stuff like that that just feels like, how come this hasn't been done before? Wow! How come this hasn't been made? And it's so representative of what we are already and drink. Speaking of that,
0: when they're projecting that 30% of the U.S. is going to be Latino, have you discovered other Latinas in the industry? Yeah.
1: So this is a big thing too, is that it's really hard to find Latina ice cream makers for sure. Mm -hmm. There's two that I am in connection with and, you know, I try to root them on as hard as I can because it's a group thing. The Mm -hmm. more people love and accept us, the more we're going Mm -hmm. to be successful.
0: Yeah, you definitely have a vivacious personality, a personality that you love people. And that's Latina strong, but you, you especially love people. You love engaging with people. And in your business, I see a lot of collaboration. Do you want to describe some of your collaborative takeoffs in either your flavors or the actual product?
1: Yeah, so I moved out to the Bay Area. And I didn't have anyone here with me other than the people I met along the way. You know, there was no one here, like family-wise, to be that back support for me. We rely so much on our family and our culture that I found that family within businesses here in the Bay. When I brought Della Creamery into the world, there was other business owners who I feel like really took me in as their family and uplifted and supported me and gave me things I didn't have for my business, things I couldn't afford for my business, Mm -hmm. gave me the support and just reassurance. Mm -hmm. And for that, I feel like that's part of our embedded culture, our nature to be accepting and loving towards each other and also uplifting and supportive. Mm -hmm. And I think if I can give back any little bit to my community i'm going to you know it's part of a cycle and i think that that is beautiful and wonderful and i'm mm-hmm. so grateful for these folks who have helped me along my journey because it's a hard journey and it's a lonely mm-hmm. journey and i haven't had those family members here to really push right. me and and these folks stepped in in those places mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. really really helped me along those routes So one of the things that I'm doing is uh, a lot of folks know I make a spicy mole ice cream flavor. Mm hmm. The local chef, Devin Gonzalez, who owns Tacos El Precioso, who is now closed down, unfortunately. But I met him and I said, hey, I'm thinking of making a spicy mole ice cream. Would you want to make the mole sauce for me? And he was like, are you for real? I was like, yeah, dude, let's do it. (laughs) so um he was like okay like come this weekend like I'll have it for you one thing led to another and I started buying his mole sauce the exact sauce he uses for all of his savory food has all the onions and garlic and chiles and chocolates (laughs) and everything we left it all in yeah I blended it straight into the ice cream base that I made and it became a mole ice cream my newest flavor is a coyotas and cream, which has been a huge seller. It's flying the I want the to shelf. try this
0: one. I thought I would hit you up this last weekend. I <laughs> couldn't get out, but I definitely wanted to try this. Okay, so s- explain coyotas because I had to do a little deep dive. And the collaboration, who you're collaborating
1: with. Yes, so I had never heard of coyotas either. I didn't know what that was. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're from Sonora, Mexico, and they're like an empanada-like cookie. It's basically like a puff pastry, and it's full of guava jam and a Mm. goat milk caramel, cajeta. And you can fill them with different different things, but that's the ones that are in ice cream. They're sourced from Tetuli, which is a local Cayota business in the East Bay. And Sophia is the owner. So she had came to my pop-up, and she'd give me some Cayotas. And I was just like, as soon as I bit into it, like the first thought was like, (laughs) this can be an ice cream. Like this can be an ice cream. So not only is she wonderful and so, so nice, she's become a friend of mine because of that. I know as a business owner, we produce a lot of waste and that is painful for all of us. Uh, Throwing Mm. away food is like the the hardest thing we have to do, I think, as owners and as Latinos, like we just don't want to do that. Yeah. No, so I save
0: every little scrap of leftover. My husband will throw away like a plate of rice. I'm like, no, 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 no. That can be something tomorrow.
1: Yeah, yeah. We just we can't do it. So I yeah. I had asked her if she could save her products that maybe didn't sell or maybe something that um didn't look perfect after. Uh, bake. Brilliant. Um, yeah. And I asked her if she would freeze them for me and I would upcycle them into the ice cream. So, I turned it into an ice cream and it felt very natural to me to call it Cayotas and Cream like it's mm-hmm. it's a Mexican take on cookies and cream like that's, exactly. that's what it is and it's kind exactly. of funny because I think marketing-wise I didn't realize but like cookies and cream is such a popular flavor that like people are buying it just for the name they don't even care what a Gayota is to be honest. And like next thing you know, it it was like the bestseller of the month. So
0: when you're having all these collaborations and you are, you know, sharing your personality and your joy and your fun with um, other business owners in the community, are you starting to have business owners come to you and say, hey,
1: do you want to collaborate? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. The biggest honor for me is um, when chefs reach out to me and they ask me that they, that they want me on their menu. They want my ice cream at their menu and I am trying to very much honor my partnerships that I already have that are going really good before I take on a new one mm. because the last mm-hmm. thing that I want to do is let down my previous partnerships yeah. with people that I've already said yes to. Sure. Before I take on a new one, I have to be able to manage those well so that I'm you know, living up to my word. That's a really
0: empathetic leadership style
1: in business. It's a style that
0: isn't typical in our society at all. And it's something that Latina women are really good at. I mean, I think it comes from just being on the other side of that, knowing what means more and people, people being the core of the culture, the importance.
1: Well, and for me, like nothing feels better than seeing someone that I'm in partnership with. Mm -hmm. And being able to hug them and say, thank you, I appreciate you. My business who does not have a permanent home, they're giving me a permanent home. They made room for me in their home. And that is the most fascinating and thing that I can just be so thankful for.
0: Oh, I love that. I'm
1: just gonna let that sit there for a minute. When
0: you're in this partnership, especially with the chefs, and you become part of their menu, it all goes together so well. Are they saying, hey, this is my menu. I would love to have you on this with me. Do you sit there and go, oh, I know exactly the kind of flavor that would pair well with all of this?
1: Yes and no. It depends on the circumstance. The cool thing is like a lot of them are very happy to see me doing my own thing and you know tribute to Mexican flavors and community I'll do a small private dining experience for some restaurants so I'll make a one-off batch for that experience yeah okay but you know as I grow more as a business I'm able to have a little bit stricter guidelines Mm -hmm. if that doesn't fit into my schedule and I can't make you one-off as I talk to other Latino businesses Mm -hmm. is that um charging for our worth. That's a big thing for me because my ice cream—it's not cheap. It's made with quality. It's made with care. I can't lower the cost, or else I'll be making them. Mm-hmm. That means when I go to certain places, places that can pay me those high wages, I need to mm-hmm. charge them accordingly. If you're reselling my stuff for a cost, I need to get the proper portion of. It. And then, if I can, eventually it takes a few of it. I would like to lower my cost in lower income communities. So people like my family, who doesn't make a lot of money, who has those five kids, can come and everyone can afford to get an ice cream. That's how I am learning to operate my business. I think that's difficult being raised in the culture.
0: All the points that you were hitting in standing up for yourself as Earning your wealth, earning your value in your product, being respected for your product and what goes into it. That almost flies against the culture where it's more of, oh, don't lose the job. Don't lose the partnership. You take the hit before someone else takes the hit if it means you get a job. Did you come up in that culture? Was there a learning process towards the business of, okay, yes, yes. I understand where that came from, but that can't apply if I'm going to be successful.
1: I feel like my parents raised us to think that way. Some things that they've really raised us in was like, you go to work even though you're sick. You Mm -hmm. work those long hours even though you're tired. You do whatever it takes to provide for your family, no matter the circumstance, you know, We can tell my dad we had a hard day at work, and he says, but at least you have a job. Like, even though it could be the worst job, the response is, well, at least you have a job. I think me and my sisters were so ingrained to be, like, these independent Latinas that, like, we just decided, like, hell no. We just decided, (laughs) we hear you, but also, like, no. And I think that's growing up around women maybe helped this. And our generation is just, I'm sick of being treated like the bare minimum and expected to just like deal with, you know, whatever that comes with, because it's just so unfair and it's gross and it puts people down and we don't want that anymore. So I think my parents did raise us to be that way. But then on contrary, they also raised us to like, don't let anyone mess with you. So it's very two sided. And I think that we all decided we're more connected to that (laughs) side.
0: It was like the perfect storm Mm -hmm. for you being raised in that really empowered matriarchy of your family and then coming into this moment where women, especially women of color, had broken through enough in mass altogether at one point to demand more i love your story i love like your brain is just on fire i can feel it i don't know why it's not melting the ice cream but it is just like i'm sure you came up with three different flavors while we're talking but um just for the listeners put it all in one spot like run through five six seven of the flavors that they're just like yeah
1: so let's go so my five main flavors is the horchata um, The Mexican chocolate is like a abuelita. The café de olla is, as we, most of us probably know what a café de olla is, but <laughs> it's a coffee, cinnamon, clove, nook brown sugar base. Also Consuelo's favorite, just saying. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, the agua de Jamaica is a hibiscus sorbet. Ah. That one is rotating. I usually try to offer one sorbet per event. So I rotate that one out, especially with fun seasonal flavors. So... I try to have humica a lot during like fall and winter. That is one of my favorites. The ilote is a mm-hmm. roasted sweet corn. Um, I roast whole corn cobs over the huge industrial kitchen flame, blend that directly into the ice cream, and I swirl a habanero lime jam throughout it to give it a little bit of a kick. This is something that uh, me and Craig dreamt about for months. We were just thinking about how to do it. (laughs) And it is... At first, oh, it was rough. It was so rough to make this flavor. (laughs) And now it is like the biggest cult classic flavor that I could ever have thought of making. I never thought that I could make something that has this kind of fans for it. It is absolutely incredible and I've never had anything like it before. So that is the De La Creamery five-piece lineup. Those are really the bread and butter for me.
0: You really have pride for what you're producing but also more so it feels like you're sharing part of yourself. Like you said, you gave birth to De La Creamery. This is like you're giving your little firstborns out to everybody. I love it. Okay, I have a flavor for you then. Yeah. You talk about extra fruit on the tree. I have a quince tree. And uh, every year, very, very seasonal, very short. Like you just get it one pop. You get one pop of the fruit and I make membrillo from it. Never Um, had that. Oh, see. I'm Peruvian and Spanish. The quince kind of look like a fuzzy green apple. And they're very, very hard because they have so much pectin in them. Perfect for jam. So, yes, when you boil it down, and membrillo ends up being almost um, beyond jam. It's like sliceable because they serve it with the manchego cheese. Yeah, so when you boil it down, and it takes a long time, it actually turns this really deep, like, smoky paprika orange color. Mm-hmm. And the flavor is off the charts. I want to try I'm going to bring some to you. I'm going to hit your next pop-up that I can make. And then I'll bring it to you. And then I'll let your creative mind just go at it.
1: Yes. Love that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think about like my mom. To her dying day, she would have her ice cream. Um, But in Peru, they would use a lot of the fruit. They would use lucoma. I don't even know what that fruit looks like. But the chirimoya, you see chirimoya in, in L.A. now, those, you know, that big one. And they actually leave the seeds in it, these big black pits in it and the ice cream. So I'm wondering, have you gone to Mexico to explore like what else is being done from the deep tradition?
1: OK, so that's part of what we haven't even got into is that. Yeah, I've only been to Mexico once. Very briefly, it was on a trip, on a vacation. Most of our family is in the United States now. So for us, we don't go back often. I barely speak Spanish. I just finished taking professional Spanish courses. I hope by next year, that's my ambitious thought. I would love to go and try ice in Mexico, just do a whole yeah. business tour of ice cream in Mexico that's going to be such a huge accomplishment for me when I'm able to go and do that for myself and for my business. You know when the first thing I
0: thought of? The ice cream tour through Mexico. I, I just thought of Anthony Bourdais and it's like oh I see her going into these little villages and just getting spoons and trying all Could these ice imagine? creams. Could you imagine? Yeah I can. I see the production on it. It's like okay this is gonna be a, a little mini-series and then there'd be all the colors and the festivities and you'd be joining all the people and they'd be all around you. I see it. It's going to happen. Oh my happen. gosh. Yesterday's witchy powers were off the charts. So really? I'm thinking, yes. So I'm thinking I'm vibing. I, oh, I love when it. When you said that,
1: I saw it. So it's going to happen. I would it's absolutely. Happen. You know, what's funny is I, this is something I should tell them too, is I'm working with La Cocina and they had mm-hmm. asked me, kind of seriously sat me down and they were like, Steph, we need to talk about like your plan for the year. And they're like, our real question is like, do you want to be like a celebrity? And I was like, what? What do you mean? And they were like, we just see it. Like, we just see it. If you want to be like a nationwide known chef. And like in my head, I'm just like, you know, I'm just me, just a normal person. But they're like, no, like you're not understanding. Yes.
0: This is more of you that you don't know about yourself yet, but we see it. Have you ever thought about what would you like to see in your lifetime happen? If this can be done in three years,
1: what do you think
0: could be done in a lifetime?
1: Oh, my gosh, that's a heavy one. (laughs) I think I can't even imagine because if you would have told me three years ago, this is where my life would be. You know, I would have said there's no way or that's not who I am. My brain grew like twice the size because (laughs) I just kept like feeding it and feeding it more information. I really am shocked with the route I've taken and I'm very proud of that and my commitment to our culture and finding my own identity through this process has been rewarding and also scary but it's taught me that I'm brave and I can be resilient and I'm capable of learning and growing. It makes me think that I'm going to have a really good life of growth and experience. And that makes me really happy, like incredibly happy.
0: Ah, beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. That's why I put out the platform. Here's a platform. You have a voice, you have your story. It needs to be out there.
1: Yeah. That's the hard part is a lot of people will know about Della Creamery, but not a lot of people will know about Stephanie. And to be able to tell who I am and how I've got to this and how it's affected my business is really such a pleasure to share. It's still important for people to know these are the roots that it was born. And this is the person behind what is going on and the intention. And I do want people to know who I am as much
0: as they can Uh, they are missing out if they don't let me tell you (laughs) and like i said i mean we got to come visit the bay area and find you over the summer then because we are spoiled to have you local and spoiled to have the ice creams available to us uh, on practically any given day stephanie de la cruz god what a pleasure what a pleasure thank you so so much for taking the time And sharing your story because it's so heartfelt. You could feel your compassion and love
1: for people and your family and the community. Thank you, Consuelo. It's a privilege and honor. Thank you. I appreciate you. This is awesome. This was great.
0: Okay. Craving some of those flavors or maybe the original versions of those dishes, right? Oh my goodness. Wow. Y'all will have to come visit us in the Bay Area specifically Oakland and San Francisco, to catch Stephanie and her goods at one of the local pop-ups and always in the Tojona Mercado in San Francisco. You may even catch a Giants game, which should really be hosting their favorite past employee with a vendor spot. Maybe create a new flavor for out there. Move over Ghirardelli, there's a fresh Latina on deck. Catch more of Stephanie in the article on our website at thelinks.com. That's L-N-X-X. And the links to what you heard here today. We really appreciate that you share this podcast with your friends and community to learn more about the sassy Latinas that thrive here. And remember to subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite streaming platforms so you don't miss any of these amazing women that add so much joy and empowerment to your life step into your truth, ladies. Ciao. Really appreciate the time you take to rate and review the podcast. Get the backstory and what you've heard here today and reach out to us at the links.com. That's L N Because it's about time. It's about us. Stay in the groove on our social media at lifelinks and get ready to make your move, ladies. Viva!